For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. All right, let's welcome in Richard Davenport on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. RD, congratulations on you and your wife Megan's move to to Northwest Arkansas. Have you guys gotten settled here in here yet? Uh, pretty much, pretty much. You know, you, you, there, there's always boxes and things that you have to, uh, you know, kind of continue to work on for probably for for a few more weeks, but uh, overall, uh, we're, we're pretty pleased. Uh, we've been here a little over a, a week, and uh, it's uh, it's kind of nice to, to not have uh, a bunch of junk uh, surrounded you. You know, when you move, you just really need to start with the dumpster anymore. Now, we've lived in our house 15 years. I think we moved. It'd take a fleet of dumpsters to, to just clean it up. You know, get yeah, all the well, stuff. You I'll know how it is. You accumulate stuff over time. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. We've done a pretty good job of not. We, well, we, we lived at our other place uh, about. Don't get me wrong, we did, but it wasn't a lot. Uh, we, we accumulated some stuff, but we also uh, what we we did. We just gave a lot of it to, to Goodwill, and some of it we just threw away. I mean, the, the basic basic uh, uh, I guess decision how to to process. Uh, you know, the extra stuff, which say, when's the last time we used it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you say it's been years, well, it's gone. We're just going to get rid of it. And that's that's basically what we did. And we even got rid of some more stuff once we got here. We gave uh, some stuff to, to Goodwill up here. So uh, it's, uh, it's it's kind of nice to, to be able to do that and, and, and maybe some other people be able to use uh, use some of the stuff that we didn't. I'm with Tommy. It seems like every time you move, you accumulate oh. more and more stuff, and I don't oh. have a significant other that I worry about hoarding. Sounds like that uh, Laura might be a well, hoarder. No, I mean, I'm just as guilty. I mean, so it just, it's just, it's, Ty, you, you are so wet behind the ears, you, you don't know yet. I mean, someday you'll be there, and you'll figure out that it, it just gets beyond your control. Wow. Things just happen. Just part of it. <laughs> I guess uh, I'll, I'll reach. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yeah, uh-huh, exactly. That's the, the common phrase. Well, Richard, I'd, I'd say Dave Van Horn hoarded a pretty good recruiting class this last cycle, ranked as the number one baseball class. You wrote a recent story on it in Whole Hog Sports. Just kind of give our audience kind of an outline of why this class ended up being what it was. And I think that might be back to back, if I remember that right. Yeah, collegiate baseball. Uh, what they did, it came out yesterday. They they rated the, the baseball classes after you know everybody's on campus because obviously a lot of uh, guys uh, that you sign. I mean, not a lot, but quite a few. Uh, you know, obviously sign pro contracts and never make it to campus. Well, this is this is a these this is, these rankings were after everybody got to campus and uh, then they kind of re ranked. Uh, so Arkansas was number one. And they noted that uh, Arkansas had a record seven perfect game top 100 prospects get on campus. Uh, I think Arkansas had around 11 or 12 beforehand, and obviously the, some of those uh, signed pro contracts. But uh, and then uh, UCLA was uh, second, and they had five guys in the top 100 uh, on campus. And then I think Florida, Florida State, and Texas Tech had three. So uh, this is a pretty dominant uh, class, and and it'd be interesting to see, you know, 
the, which guys uh, contribute, uh, you know, uh, this coming coming season. Richard, speaking of number ones, depending on what recruiting service you follow, the number one recruits in this last cycle were Jalen Braxton and Luke has. Luke had a tremendous game last week against LSU. Jalen played about 25 snaps. I wouldn't be surprised if he started this weekend. What have you thought about these two f- true freshmen that have had such an impact this early on through four games? Yeah, you're you're right. You, you figured that they they would see the field. You figured they would contribute, but this early on uh, for them to have this much success uh, is uh, is a tribute to them. Because I mean, hey, let's face it, this guy. I mean, you don't want to put too much pressure on him, but he he has a chance to uh, be like uh, I guess uh, Traylon Burks at, at the at the tight end position. I mean, Traylon Burks. Uh, how he and how he just uh, contributed right off as a as a freshman, and you saw he was different. Well, same with Luke. I think he has a you 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 think about the two Mackey Award winners at Arkansas, and and just what he's done just in the first few games. You start thinking this guy has a has a shot to, to be a, you know a potential Mackey Award winner. So uh, he does, he does not, and I, I've said this. Uh, 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 other places too. He does. He looks like a guy that's uh, his third or fourth year playing college football, and he's a true freshman. And obviously, being talented helped, uh, but also uh, being able to to get on campus in January, go through off season and, and, and spring practice really helped. But his natural talent uh, and his uh, his uh, natural ability to make plays. Are two things that just uh, just jumps out at you. I mean that that some of that, that that touchdown catch that he had against LSU. I mean now he went up and got the ball. Uh, it, it, I, that that was just big time. That's yeah. all you can say. And he's a guy like Hunter Henry. I think about AJ Derby a little bit. He's versatile. I mean yeah, you can line him up. He can block. He can catch. But you can put him in the slot. You can put him in some other places on the field besides just next to the tackle to start the play. Yeah, and that's something that, uh, you know, Tom Living, uh, you know, I talked to him and had him in uh, yesterday's column, talked about Luke and, and how, you know, what, what he thought of him uh, going through the recruiting process and, and how he met, met up with him and was just really impressed with him. But talked about, you know, he, he was about 6'3", about 220, 225 in high school. Now he's about 242. I don't know how much bigger he's going to get. But uh, it seems like the the trend is uh, for smaller tight ends uh, in the two two forty two forty five range, uh, and uh, for for him to be able to do what he does. I mean, he played receiver in high school too, which you know, and maybe maybe tight ends, top tier tight ends, uh, they do that uh, you know maybe on a fairly regular basis just because uh, it's high school and the level of competition. But I think he could he could obviously do the same, uh, you know in the SEC, which is very unique for a guy his size. Richard Davenport with us on the McClarty-Daniel hotline. Richard, what does this game mean from a recruiting standpoint this weekend? Obviously, it's off campus. You can't have official visits, but you know, there's 28 guys, I think Ty said earlier on the roster, from the state of Texas. This, this game and its location, its venue, it clearly has an impact uh, with his coaching staff when they get in living rooms. Well, I, I think it helps a little bit. I, I, I don't... I, I, I think initially it kind of helped, probably more so because of the newness of playing in uh, Cowboy Stadium and in Arlington. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a convenient sell for for the coaching staff now, saying you know you come to Arkansas, you, you're going to play you know at least one time a year, uh, you know, and kind of in your backyard. But I, I just tend to think with uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area about four or five hours away. It's a short trip from Fayetteville. I, I just don't think it's, a, it's, it's as big a deal as it was initially. Now, on that subject, as we're talking, talking again with Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hawk Sports, McCarty Daniel Hotline. You think this one's going to be well attended? I know it's 11 a.m. Teams have combined for three losses. I mean, are we going to see a good showing come Saturday for both fan bases? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I think that, and I, I could be totally wrong. The one uh, one attendance uh, uh, that I remember 
that uh, it, was, it was not too long ago. I think it was 58,000. I think that's the lowest of, uh, of since they've been playing in Arlington. I could be, I could be, I could be wrong, but I'm just not, off the top of my head. I'm, I'm thinking that, that, that may be part that, that may be, uh, uh, for real as far as the numbers, but, uh, I tend to think probably around that to, to maybe 65 max. Uh, it's just that, that's my guess. But, uh, I mean, I, I think with, uh, I think, I think that, I think that there's a little bit of a, 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 a I don't know what you say, each fan base is kind of, kind of, you know, it's old hat to, to go to Arlington and, and the newness again, we're talking about the newness, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of worn off and, and obviously Arkansas at two and two, 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 back to back losses. I don't, it'd be interesting to see what the final numbers are. Based on some of the stuff I've read, Richard, it sure seems like Rocket Sanders was looking good yesterday in, in practice. Are you under the impression he's going to play on Saturday? Just uh, just going by what uh, what Ethan and uh, Scotty said uh, on on uh, uh, on Horog Sports, uh, it, it sounded it sounded pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, and I think other people thought the same thing. So uh, it sounds like he's going to play, he, even if. Even if he doesn't uh, play, you know, you know, twenty-five to thirty snaps. I mean, just to get him out there and 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 and, and get him going again uh, will help. And kind of, you know, I guess if anything, kind of kind of uplift the offense a little bit. I mean, that, that's that's your that's your starting uh, tailback, an All SEC uh, guy. So. That kind of gives you a little, you know, a little mojo, but uh, it sure sounds like he's going to play Saturday. Richard, we've had some questions this week on the text machine here on the uh, McClarty Daniel Hotline. People texting in about Walker White, the quarterback from Little Rock Christian, led his team to a dominant victory over Pulaski Academy last Friday night. He's committed to Auburn right now. A few questions about him and whether or not Arkansas still is showing some interest and some love. Uh, where does Walker, in your mind, rank amongst the quarterbacks in this state and uh, is he a, a solid? Is he solidly locked into the Auburn Tigers? Yeah, he's solid to Auburn. Uh, I, I think. I think potential wise, he's uh, he's about as good as they come nationally. I really do. Is he is he the finished product? Uh, no, I think he still has uh, some work to do. But that, that's that's the case for just about every high school quarterback. But uh, he's he's got all the tools. He's got, he's got the size. He's got the arm strength. He's got the uh, uh, the football IQ, uh, and he has a running ability to make things happen when things uh, the, the pocket kind of collapses. But uh, he, he's 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 pretty solid. Arkansas is pretty happy with uh, what they they have at that quarterback in the, in the twenty four class of KJ Jackson. Uh, he's having a good season. I get his stats every year and uh, every year every week and uh, and post them on on Saturday, on Friday, but. Uh, He's having a good season, so I think I think both parties are are pretty happy with what they got. Yeah, and uh, certainly uh, one that would stand out. I know another player that's not uh, going to Arkansas but committed to a Power Five school is, uh, is is Lindsay out of Fayetteville. There's a, there's another quarterback people have asked about, and you know, legacy name around the program, and uh, he's committed to Minnesota. Yeah, and he's at, he's every time I reach out to Casey Dick, he, he's throwing for four hundred plus yards. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, he's he's having a very good season. He's got good size too, about six three, six four range. And uh, I saw him play last year. I haven't seen him play this year, and I was impressed with him. But uh, yeah, I think Minnesota Minnesota got a steal. It'd be interesting to see how he develops there. Yeah. All right, Richard Davenport with us every Wednesday, recruiting uh, talk uh, on Wednesday mornings. Richard, uh, congratulations on the uh, completed move, I guess. We're glad to have you here in our neck of the woods. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to be up here. It's a little cooler. Uh, not a major difference, but it's a little cooler. And uh, I like those morning walks of being a little cooler. So, it, uh, And Ruben does, too. Doesn't hurt your feelings at all, does it? No, not at all. All right, well, let's get together soon for a cold one. Well, that sounds good, buddy. Do you know today is morning show host day? Well, there we go. It's our day. That's our. Apparently, it's just for television, but we're going to blend in radio. We're taking in that. We're going to blend in radio. Did you ever watch Good Morning America or anything growing up? Is that Joan London? She was the host. My mom always tried to get her hair done like Joan Joan London London. back in the day. David Hartman. Does that name ring a bell? 
Yes, uh, okay. but who is that? Charlie Gibson was the uh, Charlie Gibson and uh, Joan London were kind of the uh, the staples at our house on morning TV. Okay. My morning show anchors and morning show television was always Sports Center anchors. Yeah, that was what I, I I mean I didn't wake up and watch the news. I woke up and watched Sports Center. I and various different anchors would either be on in the morning or on at night. But it was always the, a real when I was a. A teenager. I don't even think they had it when I was a kid, but it was the replay of the late night mm-hmm. uh, sports center. It was never a live sports center early in the morning. Was that Patrick and Scott? Generally, or, yeah. Okay, and that was one of the best. That's ones. what really made them famous because they replayed it. I mean, like from, I don't know, before you got up till after you went to school, that thing was just on a loop. Played it over and over. Yeah. That was a good, they were good. And it was, it was great because of how different those two were. They were rivals to a certain degree. Patrick's talked about it after Stuart Scott's passing, but. They somehow, some way, had a synergy about them. Make it where you think about Rich Eisen being there. I mean, several notable. Charlie Steiner. Yeah, I loved waking up the next morning, like before school, and if I didn't finish a game the next that night before, and my yeah. team was playing, just you know, finding out on Sports Center, like yeah. watching the highlights. It was but, pretty. But it, you know, cool. the network morning news shows were. Uh, I mean, I mean, when I was six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever, that that's what was on in our house. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you'd wake up to. You know, that national news stuff. Yeah, and that was, again, I know everyone has their favorite either night show host or their morning show host, but I just thought it was cool that, again, it is morning show host day and everyone has their opinions. Being Clarksville texted in on the McClarty Daniel hotline. He was talking about Diane Sawyer on ABC. Again, that's I don't remember. I mean, maybe, but, I mean, I don't know. We may be talking about a different area, but I'm going to tell you, Joan London was the one, uh, and she, that's re- she didn't have a lengthy career in in tv i mean 10 15 years i mean which isn't a, a short career but not like diane sawyer's career has been and you mentioned the the hair aspect i always oh, find yeah. it funny when guys either patting their hair after a certain tv star or the gals do the same way with different icons over the years you know when you change someone's personal wardrobe or look that you're mm-hmm. you're pretty popular at that point mm-hmm. yeah i remember like i said Mom and her friends, it'd be, it'd be nothing to come into the house, and they were either giving each other perms or frosting hair or what, you know, pulling that hair through that cap, and they'd, yeah, I don't know, all the things that, that ladies do with their, with their hair. Yeah. So, Mitchell from Lincoln. Make it look like Joan London. Yeah. So. Mitchell from London texted on the McCarty Down Hotline. He's saying you unlocked a core memory for him because he used to sleep with the TV on, and it would just be the ESPN with Sports Center playing on loop yep. over and over. That's what they did. The, whatever the late night one was. You never saw it live. You just saw it on repeat over and over and over. For Mafia Matt, it was Craig Kilborn. Yeah, that was, he was his a, favorite. He was an early uh, sports center anchor. That was his favorite. Now, I they really weren't morning hosts. They were just guys that were on late night that they replayed. So yeah. I wouldn't really lump them into morning hosts. I've talked to different people that work in television nowadays. I'm not a huge fan of working at waking up at 345, but it's part of the job. But TV people wake up at like Two something. It's like mm-hmm. two fifteen, two thirty. So when I like when I talk to them about, it, it's like ah, you wake up pretty early, and then they tell me what time their alarm goes off, and I'm just like, maybe it's different from national people. Maybe they get up a little later, but I know for local television people all throughout Arkansas that do the mornings, it's about a two a.m. ish wake up call. Yeah, and some of them are still doing the noon newscast as well. So, yeah. But your day's over. You know, you can get, get a lot of golf in, get a lot of whatever else in. I mean, that's that's the thing I like about our shift is late afternoon, we can sneak out and do some other things. Yeah. Speaking of uh, uh, television, if you want to go back and look at this weekend, the Colorado-Oregon game, Tommy, got over 10 million viewers, according to Sports Media Watch. I wonder how much that would have been expanded if it would have actually been a good game. That's what I was discussing before. Is like when you look at the Ohio State-Notre Dame game and you look at the Ole Miss-Alabama game, I felt like Colorado-Oregon was going to outdo it just because of how much hype has been around Dion. It did exactly that, and it's still, I think, capped to a certain degree because Oregon just kicked their tail on Saturday. I, I have a hard time believing that, but, I mean, the numbers are what they are because the game was never competitive. I mean, eventually I just gave up. In fact, I, I'll be honest, I had that game on the main TV because ABC is is sideways with Dish right now or, or the people that own the ABC affiliates. So I had to put it on the app, which was fine. And then I had um, whatever the other, the other game was I had on at that time. And I fell asleep. I took a little 30-minute nap during that game because it woke up. And guess what? I didn't miss nothing but another Oregon touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bo Nix was on fire Whoa. this past Saturday. But I don't know how – I mean, 
I'm surprised. And maybe it's people that enjoyed watching the beatdown. Maybe it's people in dismay. I don't know. I mean, it 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 bored me to sleep is what it did for me. Yeah, it was, again, I think it ended up being like 42 to 6 or whatever. And Dan Lanning has had some, some fun comments. And Deion Sanders, I'll give him credit. He took it on the chin. And they're going to try and bounce back this week against USC, as will Ole Miss when they host LSU. That's the marquee SEC matchup of the weekend. Of course, our eyes are going to be on what's going on in Arlington when Dallas, or excuse me, when Texas A&M takes on the Razorbacks. Now, Arkansas, of course, in this this game is the home team. Next year, they'll be the away team. That's why you like your schedule so much next year is because you have three road op- opponents, and then the final year of this series, you're technically the road team. It really, I mean, next year, Tommy, it sets up, and I would assume if you play A&M every year, you'll get them for the first time in Fayetteville since 2013. Now, refresh me. We have opponents, but not weeks at this point, right? Correct. For next year, we, we know who is on the schedule. We don't know necessarily what weeks they're playing, and I don't think we have venues on all those, do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we got the venues. Yeah, right. because they, they split them up home right, away. Right. That that's right. That's four. right. That's right. So, so we're just kind of waiting to see what mm-hmm. what uh, rotation or, or par- parts of the season those fall in. Like they did with the SEC basketball earlier this year. Got the opponents initially and then got the, the dates. Right. We don't necessarily know the times for everything. We do know that Arkansas plays Duke at 8-15. Here's a question for you because I heard Landon Jackson and the rest of the guys, particularly from Texas, talking about this. They get four tickets per player. You had four tickets to Arkansas versus Duke to give away. Ooh. Who would you give it? Family, friends, or clients? I'm going friends. Probably friends because my immediate family. Now, I'm going to tell you, if if I could take my mother-in-law and my father-in-law to the game, I would because she is just a rabid Razorback fan. Um, the rest of my family... They wouldn't know the difference. Not my son. He, he as we get closer, he'll he'll learn and, and know about it. But probably friends. A guy's trip. If you had four tickets, probably a guy's trip up there or something. Let me tell you something that my friends are going through. I have two friends that are married right now. Okay. Both of them have season tickets to basketball. Both their wives want to go. Both of them have promised tickets. To their best friend. No, they're in trouble. So they are in trouble in the next few months. They're the wives think they're going, and the friends think they're going. Friends going to be disappointed. You think so? Friends going to be watching think, from the rooftop I, bar. I think the friends are going to end up going. And I think the wives. I think they're going to take it on the chin, and the wives mm. are going to be. Are there kids home. involved? Are there? Do, do, do they have no kids, kids for either party? Oh, I hate to they, be in that position. Ooh. Maybe the best friend's going with the wife and the the season ticket holder's going to sit at home. home. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse road, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I do have a question for you. It is crush a can day. When you drink a beer, 
Mm-hmm. Do you crush it or do you just throw it away? Are you a guy that likes to crush, the crush it? No. Not generally. You just drink it, set it aside, toss right. it in the garbage can or whatever. To make you feel more manly if you crush the can. I typically I typically don't, but I I feel you like smash it on your forehead. Like ogre and uh what that, that ogre than the uh, Revenge of the Nerds? Is that what is that what you do? That's a that's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I've not. And then you flex. You I know, I what you do? I banged them against my head and then mm-hmm. bit into them and and shotgunned them. But I don't mm-hmm. I don't crush them on my head. I feel like nowadays that would <laughs> you're hurt. You're more civilized. Uh, than yeah, that, I'm huh, way right? more civilized uh-huh. <laughs> nowadays to that point. But I, I I see this done both ways. Whenever you're with somebody and you're drinking aluminum cans. They always, everyone has this, their different way of going about it. Some guys are like, they, they want to make a point to make noise and be like, I drink this one. And then other mm-hmm. guys are just like you just drink it, set it aside or throw it away and on to the next one at that point. I guess if you need to conserve space, you can stomp on them and, you know, compact them down. But no. How much alcohol do you think Jerry Jones is able to sell this weekend in AT&T Stadium? Again, I think this is going to be, I don't know if I call it a lackluster showing, but it'll, it'll be one of the worst showings that since the Southwest Classic got it initially started. Well, I mean, I mean, again, I think a lot of people make a weekend of this. We talk about the game, the records, oh, it's 11 a.m., it's this, it's that. I it, also got to remember there's a lot of people that live in the Dallas area that getting to Fayetteville is not convenient. They want tickets for this event. They live there locally. They're going regardless of all the other sets of circumstances here. But uh, I know several people going that, hey, this is the, the weekend getaway. They take the wife, the, the wife and the kids go do their thing. Maybe while the guys go to the game or maybe it's a family event for some that go to the game. So I know a, a guy going with his brother and his nephews and the four of them are going. So I mean, everybody does something a little bit different around this game, but I think a lot of people like the weekend aspect, a full weekend that includes a Razorback game in the Metroplex. And the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Patriots, New England Patriots after yeah. that. So it'll be a, a good weekend. I don't know if... That'd it, be a great double dip if you pull it off. Do it both on that. Uh, I don't know if uh, Kyle in IS Texas is bringing his two sons this morning, Tanner and Hunter, but I do know they're listening. They're six and four years old, Tommy, and they listen to us every day. They call us That's Mr. Awesome. Tommy... And Mr. Ty. Well, good wanna, morning, guys. I want to no. give you guys a shout-out this morning. So speaking of AT&T Stadium, as we go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline, welcome in Kyle Eumanns of DallasCowboys.com. We just mentioned the kind of the doubleheader this weekend, Kyle. You've got, of course, the Cowboys hosting the Patriots, the Southwest Classic. I'm guessing you got a full slated weekend ahead, don't you, my man? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, never a dull moment uh, around this organization, especially with as many events as we have on tap. And uh, yeah, certainly excited about a, a good Saturday slate. I'm, I've even got I've got two games on Saturday that that I'll be going to. So it'll be the the triple dip this week going uh, going the two college games and then uh, got the of course the the big one on Sunday against New England. What two college games are you going to? So I'll go to the AT&T Stadium. I'll go to the, the Classic, of course, with A&M and, and Arkansas. But then uh, I'm a graduate of the University of North Texas, and they play ACU uh, at 6 o'clock. So uh, me and my wife will go to, to Arlington in the morning, kind of stay for that game, and then as soon as it's over, we'll, we'll get in the car and we'll go to Denton, Texas, to, to watch that one. Kyle, we got a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans listening. What, <laughs> what happened? On Sunday, I mean, I had several friends that picked them in their Survivor League, and they were disappointed. I mean, Arizona, not exactly a just a dominant force. What happened in Phoenix this past weekend? Yeah, well, I think it was a, a number of things. I think overall, it was uh, late in the week injuries that that provided for uh, a deflation of a team that had a ton of momentum. I mean, Trayvon Diggs goes down on Thursday. Uh, Zach Martin. Tyron Smith, Tyler Biotis all ruled out because of injuries from late in the week as well. Uh, I, I, for the most part, this is a team that was that was headed in the right direction and, and really heading in a historic direction if you looked at what they did the first two weeks of the regular season. But then uh, you turn around and now you get a you get a, a gut punch like that against a team that was just hungrier than, than you were. I mean, Joshua Dobbs, the quarterback, uh, the, the Cardinals that had plenty of injuries as well, they they went in and looked like a team that was focused and determined to win that football game, whereas 
the Dallas Cowboys look like a team that might have been looking ahead a little bit uh, to week five and looking ahead to, to San Francisco. I know the the offensive line did an okay job. Uh, they they were missing three starters, but they 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 did an admirable job protecting for Dak Prescott. But it was it was the secondary that was questionable. It was the uh, the the run defense allowing 222 yards. So you can't blame it all on that. I think this was just an all around team loss uh, where Mike McCarthy took the blame for it. And I I, I think certainly this coaching staff should take the blame for it because that team was not the same team you saw in weeks one and two. So how much pressure does that put on that week five game? Well, and really four with, with the Patriots. I mean, you can win mm-hmm. the next two. Does that right the ship and kind of correct the error with, with the Cardinals? Yeah, I think it does because right now this is a this is a game that when, when you look back and you're going into, let's say, December, January, you're fighting for, for playoff positioning. You're fighting for the division. You're going to look back and say, man, we we should not have dropped that game against Arizona. Because that's one that on paper, at least, you should you should dominate and you should have. But they, they didn't. They didn't have that same sort of success uh, with with Arizona and, and, and the way that they should have on paper. I think you're right. I, I think it's a combination of the next two games. Maybe the next three are going into the bye week. If you go into the bye week five and one, it, it takes this thing away a little bit more of what this looked like and what this game was. But if you, you lose to San Francisco, you, you even lose to New England, the best case scenario going into the bye week, you're, you're three and three. And that's, uh, not what the expectations would have been for this this Cowboys team. So, for the most part, yeah, I think the pressure's on from here on out to go at least four and two, maybe five and one into the bye week, and and feel to feel good about this football team because anything else under that would be a, a very much so a disappointment. So, give us the the you know the fan expectation is you know this is a Super Bowl team, and you know this is a Super Bowl or bust kind of year with this defense. Give give us a sense being around the organization. Uh, you know, I don't know that they always lay that stuff out, but what's the sense you get and what the the season expectation is? What's acceptable for the Cowboys this year as far as playoff run? Yeah, it, you're right. They don't normally put it out there, especially saying Super Bowl or bust. But they have this year. They they have that same sort of expectation for themselves because of the talent that they do have on both sides of the football, not just that defense, but you added a playmaker in Brandon Cooks. You, you hopefully have your offensive line back and healthy at some point this season. So you, you feel really good about this team. And, and they talked about it in training camp where there was plenty of times where they looked at it and said, uh, yeah, this is, this is a team that wants to win a Super Bowl or has to win a Super Bowl. Uh, I think something that would be short of that, that would be acceptable, would just be, uh, getting to the, the NFC Championship game. I mean, that's an improvement upon the last two years. And you look at Mike McCarthy and what he's done uh, in his three years as a head coach. He, he had a, a, a six-win season in 2020. Then you win 12 games, go to the wild card in 2021, win 12 games again in 2022, and then you end up in the divisional round. So he's had improvements every single year. You could either go back to a uh, you could go back to a NFC Championship game for the first time and, and win twelve win, twelve wins, maybe even eleven wins if you, you drop one more. Uh, and you still feel really good about this team. So I think that's the, the number one thing right now is to, to try and right the ship and, and feel good going into bye week. But certainly the long term expectation is to get to a championship game or potentially a Super Bowl again. Kyle Humans is with us on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, DallasCowboys.com. Kyle, you referenced San Francisco. Is that the best team in the NFL, or is there another team that has stood out through three weeks of the season? Yeah, that's tough. I, I think San Francisco is the most complete team right now. At least they're playing like it. They look, I mean, they look dominant. This is a team that has every level of offense, every level of defense, and I think the one question going into it was whether or not their quarterback was good enough to, to take them to the right situation again. And, and Brock Purdy has looked fantastic. Uh, takes care of the football. He gets it to the weapons. He, ha- he can make every throw on the field. Uh, 
uh, he he's in a great spot right now. I think to to really make uh, a fantastic leap in his career. I think the the second best team right now is Philadelphia, and then there there's a significant drop off to the second tier of teams. And I think Dallas is at the top end of the second tier. I would have put them in the first tier outside of last week. I think last week was one where it kind of knocked them down a peg, and uh, I would have put them right there with San Francisco and and Philadelphia. Uh, maybe Kansas City was in that that same echelon, but I think now Kansas City's probably down in that second tier as well with Dallas and uh, Buffalo, some of these other really good teams, but just not as good as what Philly and, and San Francisco are showing right now, which I think is concerning because, yeah, you've still got Philadelphia twice on the schedule. You get San Francisco one time, and you're going to get them on the road in prime time, so that's uh, that's going to be a huge test in week five to try and get it done. But San Francisco looks just as complete as anybody. Uh, and they may be the best team right now in the NFL as long as they keep rolling in the same direction. Because I would have argued that Dallas was, was up there as well prior to last week. Could you argue Miami might belong in that conversation? Hanging <laughs> 70, uh, you know, I, you don't see that every week or every year even. Yeah, no, I think I would throw them at least maybe in that tier two conversation. I don't know if I could bump them up year one yet but yeah you're right i mean miami goodness the speed they have on offense is crazy Mm -hmm. you look at i think it's like five of the top seven players in the nfl in terms of like top speed in these next gen stats top speed reached are miami dolphins five of the top seven Uh, that's just unbelievable the, the type of motor those guys have and yeah to put up 70 points was incredible and and i that was even with mike mcdaniel kind of taking the, the foot off the gas pedal a little bit toward the end there, but they, they were still able to do it against that, that Denver team. There's a lot going wrong in Denver, too, man. I, I think for the most part, they're struggling as well. Sean Payton showing that uh, maybe maybe he wasn't uh, supposed to be so confident going into that situation. Yeah, it really ripped Nathaniel Hackett prior to getting this season well kyle we'll leave it there man i know some people are excited about this weekend that are making the trip to your neck of the woods in 18t stadium uh you got a full slate ahead of you with three football games this weekend so you enjoy yourself and hopefully you see an arkansas win a north texas win and a cowboys win this weekend too i like that idea i appreciate you guys having me i hopefully that comes to fruition because i think all three teams can certainly use a big time win all right well kyle we appreciate it man talk soon Yep, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. We know there's 20-plus Arkansas guys on this roster this weekend from Texas. A lot of those players will be significant contributors, including Jalen Braxton, who is not un- or he is used to playing in AT&T Stadium and in the Dallas area. I was going to mean a lot getting to go back to my hometown, getting to play in front of all my family and friends. And I actually grew up playing at the Cowboy Stadium, so that's going to be a fun experience, too, so I look forward to it. He's from the Frisco area. You've got guys in either kind of the Dallas-Fort Worth. You've got guys in Texas. And, again, this is not something that Arkansas's unused to. You've got Texas a in the same way. We are talking about Miami earlier. Devon A-Chain is an Aggie that absolutely torched Denver this past week. And I know this is, again, this needed to come to an end. But these final two years, I know they're they're pretty important for these players that are getting to have a lot more family than usually typical that some, like you said, might not be able to make it to Fayetteville. Yeah, and again, we discount sometimes or forget about the sizable alumni base that's in the Dallas area. That's going to bring, you know, I don't know how many thousands, but there's there's a good group, yeah. you know, well over 10,000 Razorback alumni that are kind of in that area. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, so th- a lot of those will, will go out. 11 a.m. is, you know, a bit of a setback, but I don't think anyone was, you know, making their – most people will go down Friday, go to the game, you know, spend Saturday night as well, make a weekend of it, the, those that are traveling from Arkansas. So uh, I, I think I think the crowd will be just fine at 11 a.m. Yeah. And, and if you're going and you're there and you're making a weekend of it, it gives, just gives you the rest of Saturday to enjoy more games on TV, have a great meal. Man, there's tons of great restaurants in Dallas. <laughs> have a night out. I mean, that, that's what people will do. They can get up Sunday morning and head back. Yeah, we've uh, we've done that trip a time or two, and it's been one of those things where if it's 11 a.m., you get so pumped, you get so jacked, you get up early, and then if they lose, you just go home and just sulk the rest of the day. It would help, as you heard Landon Jackson say at the top of their open, if they win this game for only the second time since the Aggies joined the SEC. 
The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's go and get into our hog update this morning. I want to start with not necessarily a former Razorback, but a former Arkansan that passed away yesterday. Brooks Robinson, two-time World Series champion, 1964 AL MVP, 18-time All-Star, and 16-time Gold Glover was from Little Rock. Tommy, you said his nickname earlier, the human vacuum cleaner and Mr. Hoover. Yeah. Who uh, known that you hit a ball towards third base. uh, It wasn't coming back. Little Rock native, like I said, born there. And uh, uh, the human vacuum cleaner, as he's called, Mr. Oriole as well. Uh, Great ambassador for our state. When you look at pro careers, what was it, 18-time All-Star, I believe I was reading yesterday. I mean, um, as good a pro career as anyone that's ever come out of this mm-hmm. state in more or less any field, if you want. Yeah, MLB Network did a touching story on him yesterday. Brooks Robinson, the Baltimore fielding marvel, once again makes a fine play. Mr. Impossible grabs it for a dazzling play. Brooks Robinson, Mr. Oriole, was one of the greatest third basemen of all time, arguably the greatest defensive third baseman in the history of the game. His artistry on the left side of the diamond robbing hundreds of batters of sure base hits. Would you believe that? Well, I mean, some of the plays I watched him make in this highlight reel yesterday were unbelievable. I mean, he's falling on his back, doing just all the contorting his body in all these different ways. It's like you said, if you hit it to third base, it wasn't a single or a double. You were probably, it was an out. (laughs) It was an out, yeah. How many people know he's from... Where he's from? Well, I mean, I think if you're of a certain generation, um, you know, you've known that. If you studied your history, you've known it. There's probably uh, many under the age of 30 that are learning this for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, in the last mm-hmm. day or so, or yesterday or this mm-hmm. morning. I, I'm going to be honest. You brought up Drew earlier. Drew, of course, he used to work here. Big Orioles fan. I did not know that, again, who he was until Drew brought him up and then the Little Rock origin. If mm-hmm. I if if not for that, I would have not have known just because of again my age vicinity at that point. I'd yeah. kind of forgotten that he was from Little Rock, but and I didn't follow baseball growing up as a lot of our listeners did. Mine was it was football and basketball for me. But I know we got a lot of hard diehard Cardinal and and just MLB fans and Arkansas baseball fans listening. Yeah. So, but is again for what he accomplished pretty incredible in 1971 he got his first contract for six figures he was just one of 12 players at that time to make more than a hundred thousand dollars in wow. a year now, i know a hundred thousand i don't know what that would you know work its way out in today's value of money uh, well over a million dollars but cer- certainly nowhere near the the value the players get now so you just stop and think about that uh not a, you know in today's time certainly not a ton of money uh, that these guys made back in that day but was one of the one of the first guys, one of the highest paid players of his era. Different, different times. There's no question about it. All right, keeping it going here in your hog update. Let's talk some football this morning. Now, when it comes to tickets this weekend, players are given four apiece. Here's Landon Jackson last night on kind of how he's going about deciding who gets those tickets. Man, I told my family. I told on our football on our family group chat. I got a guaranteed four. If you want to for sure be able to come and you're not mom, dad, brother, fiance, you better just go ahead and buy a ticket because there ain't no promises. Hey, straightforward, to the point. Maybe he gets some more. Maybe he doesn't. But uh, I think it's cool, again, the players that get tickets to divvy out to their their friends or family at this point. But that's kind of the setup this weekend. Well, and, uh, you know, road tickets to a venue like this. I mean, we talked about, 
you know, a lot of people have been there, done that. You know, this series has been played down there for a number of years now. There's 38 new players on this roster that have not been there. Their families have not been there. And maybe they're not from Frisco, Texas, or played in at Texas A&M Commerce last year, whatever the, the Texas tie with those 28 players. There's a lot of players from Texas that never got to play a high school state championship in that building either. So, I mean, it's still a neat place. Dallas is still a place accessible from anywhere in the country with a direct flight, more or less. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, those those family tickets may be a little harder to come by because if there's one or two uh, games away from Fayetteville you definitely want to go to, this would have to be near the top of your list. Yeah, and if you get a ta- chance to take advantage of it, I would do it because, again, there's only two more, at least that we know about to this point, contractually obligated with Arkansas and Texas A&M. These are going home and home after that. Yeah, they're not going to play know, A&M there. Don't know about a, another opponent eventually there at some point. Rocket Sanders, based on things that you've read this week, I've read them in all different outlets. I think he's going to play a lot of positives. Last week, still holding him back in certain cases. And again, hes I don't know if he's 100% for Saturday, but I think he's going to play this weekend. Oh, he's going to play. I don't think he'll start. I think DeBinion has earned the start. I don't know what the coaches will do, but... Uh, Dominion goes out there first, and then question is, how do you manage his snaps? How do you manage his carries? Difference in those two. I mean, uh, blocking's obviously going to be something you're going to have to use backs for this week to chip off those that have, have coming through. If, if their pursuit and their pressure is anything like it was last week against Auburn, that's another concern for Dan Enos and his staff. So managing snaps, managing carries, it will be interesting to see uh, if Rocket gets in the game, how many carries he ends up with. I would think under 10 would be my guess. Last thing here in your hog update. Basketball team had their first practice yesterday. The media is going to get a chance on Thursday, the media to watch a little bit. Which player are you most excited to see either for the first time or just watch again this basketball season? Big C, if you want to start this off, which basketball player on this roster are you like, I can't wait to watch this guy first exhibition game of the season or the red-white game, which is coming up in about a week or so. You guys start this because there's... Let me give you... Newer f- uh, 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 aren't we excited to see what Trevin Brazil is going to look like he was, coming again, off the injury? Yeah, coming off the ACL, a guy that is going to even expand his role and is scoring even more, I think, next year. I don't know if he'll be the number one option, but he definitely is going to, I think, get more looks on the offensive end. Yeah. So there's a guy that, you know, we're familiar with but didn't get to see last year. As far as new players, mm. I'll go. I'll start. Caleb Battle. Kid from Temple. Okay. played at Butler. Guy can absolutely stroke it from guards. the three-point line. Yeah. He's a guy that he's listed, I think, 6'5". I don't know if he's 6'5", but I got a chance to actually interview him this summer. Really liked talking with him. Had a great conversation. I think it's L. Ellis is up there as well. Devo in his final year at Arkansas is going to be a lot of fun. But I just think the shooting ability that Caleb will bring to the table, he's going to be a guy that a lot of Arkansas fans flock to because when he gets hot, it's going to be a lot of fun. Layden Blocker would be one for me. Yeah, the first-year player, freshman, Little Rock Christian, played at Sunrise. Layden's a guy that, again, it's kind of gone under the radar, even though he's a four- or five-star player. Uh, yeah, he's a guy that people are excited about too. And Bayfall, 6'10", but not real big. Uh, has he filled in? What's the offseason been like for him? So there's another player that just looking at his, his build or his stature, I mean, he's a, he was a thinner player. Is, you know, has he filled in at all since he's gotten to Fayetteville? It's going to get exciting, man. Again, next, I think it's next Wednesday is the red-white game, and then you got the exhibition game coming up during the bye week. So basketball is going to be here before you know it. That is your hog update this morning. Brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. The Hall of Famer Clay Henry is going to join us coming up. He's got some Brooks Robinson stories. Also got some thoughts on this football team heading to Arlington this weekend. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. 
you can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Clay, welcome in to a Wednesday edition of the Morning Rush. Appreciate you joining us, as always. Plenty of things to discuss with you about. Uh, Just kind of what your reaction, though, initially to what you saw in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where Arkansas came up just short to the Tigers. Well, it's uh, it's a pretty simple formula at Arkansas. You, You play defense and you play clean. You, that's how you win, and that's that's how they did it in the '60s. That's Frank Burles. That's how Lou Holtz did it. That's how Ken Hatfield did it. Uh, I think that was uh, that's that's the formula. And you know they've got to clean up their penalties. They they, they you know that's beating yourself. You know they're they're not bad on turnovers. You know they had uh, one meaningful turnover in my opinion. Yeah, second one didn't really count. Yeah, and, and you know that's. That's uh, it's pretty obvious to me, and I, I think Sam Pittman understands it. Uh, you know, they've tried different things, but for whatever reason, they have been undisciplined, uh, and the pre-snap penalties will—they will get you beat. Yeah, they will. Now, one of the things that was talked about last night was just getting the offense quicker, and I know that Coach Pittman touched on that Monday. And then here's what Andrew Armstrong said. Of last night. You know, just everybody hustling up, getting on the ball as fast as we can, looking to the sideline and just making sure everybody is focused on looking at the play and not focused on the play you just did, you know, worry about getting the ball to the ref or, or just like doing something that you're not supposed to do. So we put a big emphasis this week on just hurry up and get on the ball, looking to the sideline, getting the play and, and executing. Do we see a more equipped and then the false starts you mentioned, do we see more of that in a, a better equipped Arkansas offense this week, even though they still put up 31 points? I think so, and I, I think you'll you'll see that gradually melt away. Uh, if it doesn't, then you're going to have the same result. And, uh, you know, doing the same thing over and over is uh, a definition of it doesn't work of insanity and we uh it's about to make razorback fans insane and uh, i think that that uh you've got a lot of new players you've got uh uh three new stars in the offensive line and then you know the one that did play he's playing an entirely different position that requires a lot of different uh Thinking maneuvers and and uh, mechanical, you know the snap and uh, so. Uh, but I I thought the offensive line played better, and I think Devin Manuel it gives him a better option at left tackle, a more physical player. Um, so I have hope for for the offense. But let, let's and you guys do this over and over and over and over. You know, focus on the offense, guys. You got to stop the other team. I mean, you scored enough points despite all the penalties. Uh, KJ is is so good that he he can overcome things. Now you'd you'd like it to maybe you could score more points, but you've got to. I mean, defense equates to winning, and that you know they played well in the first half for about thirty nine minutes or or you know, twenty nine minutes or whatever the whatever it was, and. and you got to play more like that in the second half, and now I give credit to, to LSU. They made some adjustments. They uh, they slowed down the pass rush with some with some outside running and, and some you know uh, made it hard to blitz the linebackers. So that so Arkansas was kind of handcuffed with playing with a four man rush. Um, but it, it's uh, if you want to win in the SEC, stop the other team at critical t- times in the game. Yeah, you gave a few reasons there. I, you know, what I saw in the first half, Arkansas was fortunate to get away with a couple of plays on balls that Jaden Daniels maybe slightly sure. underthrew. But you also had um, more Jaheim, pressure. Jaheim Singletary got beaten coverage, closed the gap with his speed. But 
man, when you get a ball hit you on the back of the helmet, that's a fortunate break. They had a pass breakup that was kind of a wasn't even looking, just threw his hand in there and, and just happened to break it up. I thought there were a couple of defensive plays that were just fortunate for Arkansas in the first half that could have really made our probably our opinion and the complexion of that game much different. But they, they both went Arkansas's way. In the second half, the ball wasn't underthrown. Those plays weren't made, and, you know, you had neighbors – find his way in the end zone yeah they did make some plays on on the goal line you know they 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 did some things uh pressure wise that uh called caused Jaden daniels some problems they didn't do that in the second half they're just they're, for whatever reason the pressures weren't there and you're right now you're, you're never going to be perfect you know in throwing and catching you know that's you know the, the, that's the imperfect part of that part of the game that you know, no one is going to click on everything, and, and Arkansas didn't either. You know, there there's some times where it looked like they might have a guy open didn't didn't develop right. Yeah. Um, but it's it it still comes down to you got to hit the quarterback more, and we'll see if they can do that this week. And if you know, I don't think Texas A&M is quite as dynamic uh, at the quarterback position as LSU. Yeah, and you know, they talk about that middle eight. I thought that last drive where they scored in 18 seconds or whatever to close the first half was killer. I mean, it just breathed life. You could see the, you know, there was there was a lot of doubt. The, the body language was bad for LSU. Crowd got into it. Crowd was quiet. It's a good point, Ty. And guys, uh, that, that series, I think, just it, it turned the worm. Uh, it, it, the old phrase goes uh, for LSU. Without that, I, you know, I, I don't know how the outcome is, but but it's a it's a much different uphill battle for LSU in the second half. Yeah, I think that I left the game frustrated but encouraged. Yeah, and and I don't that that is that's an oxymoron. I mean, I don't know how you can be that way, but that's you're hopeful. Uh, oh. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, but here here's what I see with with Arkansas under Sam Pittman. When they are the hunter, they raise their level. When they are the hunted, they fall back. And I'll give you examples. The Liberty game, they, they were not the aggressive team. They were not the hunter, and they they lost. The Kansas game, uh, it seemed like Kansas was the hunter in the second half, made that comeback. And you, when they were the hunter against Ole Miss and played terrific. So they, they have to you know, somehow – be more consistent and on an even keel and get the same effort and intensity no matter the opposition. And, you know, I hear the coaches talk about the standard is us, it's not the other team. Uh, you have to get your team to believe that. Mm-hmm. Now, on the subject of defense, Clay, Jalen Braxton has been featured in the first four games, true freshman Frisco right down the road. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he started on Saturday. You're getting Malik Chavis back, it looks like, this week. What kind of impact do you think if Braxton moves up in the roster spot and they have the ability to play Chavez? What does that do for that secondary? Well, he, he's uh, he's been inconsistent. He's he's played like a freshman, mm-hmm. so I, I don't think you want to put him out there for sixty, seventy snaps. I think you want to keep you know you know when he's fresh, he seems okay. You know, after seven or eight plays, he seems to. Uh, have a lapse, or, or you know, or or maybe makes a wrong step, and that's what happens with freshmen. And I, you know, the old saying, and, and it was back in the days when freshmen were ineligible, and it was more about sophomore. But I think it applies to freshmen. For every freshman that you play, you will have one loss, and if you play five or six, then you'll have five or six losses, and so you 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 can bring him along. But starting him and leaving him out there for 70 plays is a recipe for disaster. Another guy that looks like he's going to be back based on him playing the last game is, is Devin Manuel, Clay. Um, thought he played well. I don't know if he's going to start based on Coach Pittman's comments Monday. But what do you think about the Louisiana young man? That, yeah, uh, he, he's, uh, he's bigger. He's faster. His feet are better. Uh, he has missed an awful lot of practice time. He, he, he makes mental errors at times. You know, I saw him turn turn a guy loose on the edge. Uh, uh, communication may not be as good with him out there just because of the lack. You know, he he was out of practice for about three weeks, mm-hmm. and he's had 
I think, two or three different injuries that uh, limit his ability. When I say that, uh, you know, whether it be a, an arm injury, a hand injury, you know, offensive linemen, they have to be able to grab hold of the jersey in front of them. Not, that's not holding. You can grab hold of somebody if you've got it inside, you know, like in the numbers. Uh, yeah, if his hand strength's back and he can play a full game, then so be it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Chambly start, but Manuel play the bulk of the snaps. Yeah. He, he, he's got to practice all week. Yeah. That's, that's the thing with Manuel. He's got he's to show he can go all week. And, and what, what was yeah. the coach said? He's got to work and work under the strain. I think it was Sam's words. Yeah, and just to see how that in in the other part about Rocket is, you know, you get to the end of the week, did the knee swell? And you know, so the, you know, you have hope uh if you're the trainer that he's ready to go, but you still have to, you know, evaluate the progress. And the same thing goes for for Manuel in, in that he hasn't been able to make it through an entire week of practice and can he do that this week? And it, there's the the and you say, well, just get him to the game. Well, if you haven't practiced and you don't know uh, the routine, you don't know the systems, and you don't know exactly what you're going to do on this play and that play, well, you're not going to be effective in the game. So you have to, there are very few young players that can miss practice and then play well in the game. And I'm talking about Manuel more than I am Rocket. Yeah. I don't think either one or, or the. In fact, I would go as far as saying Devin Manuel is probably closer to a player that's the difference between winning and losing than Rocket. At this point, I mean, I don't think either player is, you know, going to change the outcome of the game. It's certainly both going to the equation of getting you there. Well, the, the thing that you're right, Tommy, and the thing that helps you with Rocket is it might reduce the number of overall plays that you have to, uh, you know, have with those other backs. And, and you might, uh, you know, might have Dubinion a little fresher in the fourth quarter if Rocket's given him, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten snaps. You know, somewhere in the middle of the game. Well, and those guys, you know, whether it's Green and his shoulders, you know, sore right now, whether it's Rocket Absolutely. or Dominion, these guys have to block. I mean, if 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 A and M is as aggressive with Arkansas as they apparently were with Auburn, now watch some of that game, not the whole thing, but they lived in the backfield. It's about chipping. It's about picking up the the, yeah, the they, edge blitz. It, I mean, it's not just about carrying the football for a first down. You better do a lot to to protect your quarterback when he drops back. Yep. Uh, the the way you use those backs and the way you keep them fresh is important and when you're asking them to pass protect because oftentimes you know they're 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 giving up 25 30 pounds you know if they if they're helping with the defensive end for sure uh linebackers and safeties you want them quick and fresh and understanding and and, and uh, I, I think they're all good in pass protection i i saw Dubinion miss a couple of uh uh, was kind of late, you know, switching sides against BYU, and those were critical plays and resulted in sacks. So that 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 part is critically important, and the you know you need to get all the looks you can against the scout team and the looks that that Texas A and M has given you, and you know that that's where, where how much is Rocket able to practice this week, and all that's important. Clay, I know you're probably excited for the Ryder Cup weekend, as Tommy is. Team USA features Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Spieth, Morikawa, Burns, and Ricky Fowler. Tommy, I've actually, I know we talked about you wanting to go to this event. Oh, I'd I've got to be there. I've got a friend, Steven, who went to school with. He's there right now. He's been posting pictures of some of the guys. It's in Rome, Italy. Clay, are you ever going to make one of these? You think? I don't think I'm going to Rome. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I hear those Italians; they're all about uh, the Marlboros and the. And <laughs> apparently, that's the it's the heaviest smoking country in the world. Wow! Did you know that? I did not know. Yeah, they 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 uh, they like their they like their heaters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the the Ryder Cup is uh, is one of the cool events. It's totally different than anything else that happens in golf. And you know, I'm a I'm a you know golf nut. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I, I the only problem with this one is that you need to get up about three or four a.m. Yeah. to watch this. Now that's right in y'all's wheelhouse. Uh, y'all do that every day. You know. I, 
Do you wake up on the weekend at 3 or 4, or no. are you all able to sleep? I will this. I mean, I'll get up at 4.30 to get to AT&T Stadium on Saturday. But if, if it's standard, if we just have a normal pregame show where it's not 6 a.m., then no, I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll sleep until about 7 or 8. Yeah, but would y'all, will y'all get up to watch Ryder Cup? That I will this question. weekend. Not at, not at 4.30, but I'll get, you know. They're, six? Co- co- seven or begins eight. then, yeah. Well, no, I'll probably 5 or 6. That's I mean, early. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but but not normal time during the week. But no, this this is a fun event. I mean, I wish I could wave the magic wand and be there. I you know, smoking or not, I'd be in Rome. That'd be an awesome uh, trip. What's wrong with um, the heater, Clay? Yeah, what's wrong with the cigarette? Come on, but, uh, well, that secondhand smoke will kill you. Yeah, yeah, Ty. I mean, that's that's not. It's not good for your health. Clearly, you've been around. It makes your hair fall out too. Clearly, I can see with every receding hairline, you've been around too Listen, much of that. Let's chill on that. Yeah, let's let's chill on that. There's nothing wrong with a good cigarette after a while. A good cigarette <laughs> after a win is, uh, or a good pizza in, or a bowl of pasta. No, in, I think in it's Rome. you're no. supposed to after a win. You're supposed to smoke a cigar, not a cigarette. <laughs> I'm not a big cigar guy. I'd rather. I'm going to be honest. If I have a chance or choice between a, a marble or a, I don't even know what a what's a cigar brand out there. Cuban. You don't suit uh, Cuban. Cuba, I, I would either. probably take the cigarette. To yeah. be honest, I'm just not a big, uh, not a big cigar person. I only, I only smoke a cigarette like once every four or five months, but I will take it. It's a, it's a treat every once in a while. Mm. But that would, like, like Tommy's saying, Clay, that wouldn't. What would your father that would think prohibit, about that? I don't know. I don't. I'm twenty. How old am I? Oh, it is. Hey. Tommy, his dad's disappointed in just about everything that <laughs> does. So that right. don't, that don't, that's just one more. That's on the, I'm on the brink of getting disowned at this point. Yeah. So. All right, I'm on the uh, Bet Saracen app right now, boys. Kay. The Americans are plus 100, pretty well even, and the Europeans are minus 105. Those are the odds. And a draw is plus 1,100. Has this scene ever ended in a draw? Oh, it is oh, yeah. a draw, yeah. And whoever has the trophy previously keeps the trophy. That's the stupidest thing ever. What? Well, that's you, the way it is. Yeah, you don't have to. You know, if you own the trophy, they have to clearly beat you they have to, to win beat it. You to win it. That's stupid. Yeah. There's got to be some like driving sure contest that, or extra hole that a they driving can play. Contest. Now that is now, that, now that, about stupid. No, well, we just have a putt off okay, on the, on the I, putting green. All right, participation put the, trophy group. Put, put the windmill. No, the, the idea that or any, get a flamingo on top of the, the windmill. The idea that any sport should <laughs> end in a tie in today's day and age is might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, I, I'm I not know saying it rule. should. That's just the, they that's the most rule. popular sport in the world. They need to do away ties. with that. They need to do away with Soccer has ties, yeah. Yeah. Stupid. They should dumb. do it. There's extra time. There's penalty kicks. It's dumb. I don't, I, they've got to adjust that. I didn't know that was a rule. Well, I'm sure they'll hey, get right on it now no. after hearing your opinion. You know, we have, in my family, we have ties every day. You know, it's like, yeah. so tie goes to the wife. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Every yeah. time. Every time. That goes yeah, like that. So hey, look, if, if there's a tie, then, then her... Goes you know, to Gene Ann. The trophy stays. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. That's how it works. I guess that's different than golf or whatever. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.